what is good ladies and gentlemen this is another episode of the slapping meat wrestling podcast and this is the most awaited for episode it is episode 31 of this podcast and it is the best of 2022 um we have two special guests i i convinced them uh, to willingly jump on here we have cody montanaro my my good friend how are you doing i'm cold sir how are you doing i'm good i'm good a little cold winter's finally here w- w- yeah. winter's finally here um and then we have up here uh my brother james how, how are you doing <laughs> um Please call me by my my name. It's Junkyard Jimmy. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, but these I'm are your good. hardcore AEW marks on a casual wrestling show. So uh, th- this is going to be interesting. I'm doing great, by the way. Oh, that's good to know. We did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what? Are, so I'm going to set up the rules here. We're going to set up some 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 guidelines. That way we, we can get this done quickly. We have a number of topics. I'll go ahead and name them off. We have best debut slash return. Um, pay-per-view slash premiere live event of the year. Promo of the year. Best tag team trio or faction or more simply put. Best group of the year. Men's, oh, men's wrestler of the year. Women's wrestler of the year match of the year and then we'll end it off looking forward to 2023 with three superstars uh men and women for each of us so we we, we're doing this differently than a lot of people probably will in their podcast where they'll normally just list off their 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 winner i told them to give me three candidates each and then we'll like decide their winner that way we're going to do this very, very simply. James, you'll go first in each topic. Cody will go second. And I will end each topic. We're going to start right now with with best debut slash return of the year. Mr. James, you have the floor. Oh, before you start real quick, no interrupting. I promise not to jump in. So... Yeah, the anyway. Um, so my three candidates were Cody Rhodes coming back to the Fed, we have Bray Wyatt's return, and Swerve Strickland's entrance into AEW. My winner is Swerve Strickland's debut, I think, not necessarily the de- debut itself. But what his debut meant to AEW throughout the entire year. Um, he was a main focal point of of AEW tag team, the tag team division throughout all of 20, uh, 2022. And I guess as a little caveat, you would also have to mention Keith Lee's AEW debut a couple of months prior. Um since he was his tag team champion. But I think Swerve Strickland 
um, was probably one of the best signings that Tony Khan has had so far in 2022 and maybe overall. And he's certainly one of the best heels in the company. And uh, yeah, I think he is the best debut of the year. All right, Cody, it is now your turn. What is your uh, candidates for best debut slash return? So I put um, Mr. Cody Rhodes on this list. I put Bray Wyatt as well. And I also put Ms. Soraya. Um, I think that shock factor, I think the Soraya one is probably the best of my opinion. Um, just because I don't think many of us saw it coming when it did. And I think the pop that she got at Grand Slam was phenomenal and, and pretty stoked uh, to see what happens with that. So the pretty return was equally as impressive, although I think everybody expected it to happen. So it wasn't, it was still great. Don't get me wrong. Return, great pop, but I don't think it, it, it was expected. And, and the Cody thing, a lot of rumors had it was happening. I think everybody's like, oh, is it really going to happen? Until it did. Great ovation as well for him. Um, they were, it was really tough, tough, to, to pick a winner out of this because all these were, were really great. And even some of the ones that James put were great as well. The pops were phenomenal, but I just, um, shock factor. I was not expecting Saray to return or to debut when she did. That's why I chose that. All right. So for me, <clears throat> I have, of course, Cody Rhodes. Uh, that's the, probably the only time all three of us will have the same thing on as a candidate. <clears throat> I have Bailey returning at SummerSlam. And I was go along with that damage control as a whole. Um, and then I told them before we started recording that they're going to laugh at a lot of my candidates for these selections. Stone Cold is on my list as a candidate. Um, just for what it did to sell tickets and to get people back in the watching. However, for me, I would say Cody Rhodes would be the winner had he not gotten injured. Bailey, to me, is the winner. Um, we talk about, you know, shock factor. No one saw this coming. And then the fact that she brought Dakota Kai back, which if anyone knows me, Dakota Kai was my favorite female wrestler on the roster before she got released. And so the whole setup of bringing all of them back um, to me, with the surprise, to me, best debut slash return. Moving on, we're going to best pay-per-view slash premiere live event. James, you have the floor. All right. Um, candidate number one was WWE Crown Jewel. I think overall, um, there was a quite, a, quite a few good matches on that, on that card. I have All Out 2022. And WrestleMania 38. The winner is WrestleMania 38. And I think it is the easiest pick because I think it hit every single style of wrestling. We had Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. It's kind of that comedy gimmick. I don't think I've ever laughed as much during a match ever in, in the, my life when the Jackass crew was came out and and all of that stuff, I think um, Stone Cold and um, Kevin Owens' match was great. 
the Pat McAfee match with Austin Theory and then with Vince McMahon coming out there and all of that to end that. Fantastic. I think the Cody Rhodes debut showed up on WrestleMania 38 weekend. I think overall it just produced more, more content than any other live event or pay-per-view this year in terms of like, like rememberable items um, overall. All righty. And Cody, your pay-per-view slash premiere live event. Yeah. I also put uh, my three were WrestleMania as a whole. Um, AEW Revolution, and then um, surprisingly, SummerSlam. Um, I thought SummerSlam was pretty entertaining. Um, even though Brock versus Roman for the 15,000th time, I was not looking forward to. Uh, it was something different that they did, and it was actually pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal. And I thought the show overall was pretty good. Revolution, AEW usually delivers pretty well with their pay per views. And, uh, Revolution featured a really, really, really good card on the bottom. Uh, probably AEW's best pay-per-view of the four this year. Um, my winner for sure it, it is definitely WrestleMania. Um, I I said it whenever we were together watching both shows, and I also think I said it on social media that when when the Fed gets it right, they get it right, and by far they got it correct. WrestleMania weekend. Um, probably one of the best WrestleManias. Two nights, even though it's a it's long, it's a lot. But um, overall, I think it was thought it was one of the best WrestleManias in the last ten years. Um, all the matches pretty much were really good. Had a lot of laughter, entertainment, very good matches, top to bottom. I just thought overall the performance and the production value was just phenomenal. And they did a, like I said, when they when they get it right, they get it right, and. Uh, at the bottom, I had fun with that whole show, and uh, yeah, that's why I chose that as my winner. All right, just like them, I do have WrestleMania 38 as a candidate. I just like Cody, I do have SummerSlam now. SummerSlam, I'll go ahead and say, it, is not the winner. The only reason it's a candidate to me is everything leading up to SummerSlam the whole Vince McMahon situation, Triple H, literally like two days before SummerSlam becoming director of creative and i just assumed this whole show was going to flop and then for triple h to just pull them a rabbit out of his hat and create what he did um it turned out to be one of the most entertaining shows of the year and then i have clash at the castle um which is my winner to me clash at the castle it was just I don't know if it was the UK fandom or, you know, you had Sheamus and Gunther. You had a whole bunch of other matches. Of course, Roman and Drew um, was a fantastic match. And I just think overall, just the fact that they they finally went back to the UK after fucking, what, 20 years for a pay-per-view. Um, I just thought overall there was that gave me. And I also feel, no, no offense to your guys' answers, that Mania should, I mean, you should expect Mania to be good. at. But you're right, they did do something, especially since, like, the last five have been. Yeah. But um, 
we're moving on. We're moving on the promo of the year. Now, this one we have to, for each candidate, give like a gist of what the promo is about. Just so, you know, the people who may not know what you're talking about understand what you're talking about. James, you got the floor. All right. Candidate number one. It wasn't just one promo. It was the whole set of promos leading up to their match. MJF and CM Punk, two of the greatest, I think, on the mic. And there wasn't a a promo like on any episode of Dynamite or Rampage or whatever that I think they missed. I think the whole storyline of like MJF idol like idolizing Punk and them using like real parts of MJF's life like made it seem real. And I know it's it's taboo to talk about CM Punk given what happened at All Out and all of that. Um, but he did have a good run this year up until when he had to let his ego explode. Um, but put that aside, I think that whole MJF CM Punk feud was great. Candidate number two was MJF again. Just this past weekend week on Dynamite against William Regal, that the whole, um, the whole just the whole storyline, the first MJF Regal promo, um, leading into this one, and then the turn on William Regal, and um, I never thought Regal would take a bump in AEW, but the fact that he did that really shocked me. I think that was one of the best promos MJF had cut here recently. And then the last promo is Cody Rhodes 10 minutes spiel on the January 19th edition of AEW dynamite. This essentially was his last promo in the company. Um, it set up the uh, match at AEW beach break for the, undisputed TNT champion with him and Sammy Guevara. Um, I just think that, that whole promo, like I rewatched it uh, while looking for promos to put on this list. And it gave me chills again, Cody Rhodes up until his injury was probably on the best run of his entire career, both in AEW and in WWE. Um, and so for that reason, that Cody Rhodes promo is the best promo i think of the year it was it was long cody Rhodes seems to went to talk forever in aew every promo he cut was at least 10 minutes long but it i think just the way that like if you you watch it now um and you understand the context of like he was giving you a clue that he was leaving and we didn't want to believe that he was gone but he was and just the fact that um, just the emotion in the promo, the chill factor, all of that. I think Cody Rhodes, I think AEW had the best promos of the entire year as a company, but that Cody Rhodes promo was, was probably my favorite by far. All righty. And Cody. So I have one of them is similar as James's. The MJF promo this past Wednesday on Dynamite. It's like a 15 minute segment overall, but um, whole time it was kind of like kind of your regular standard MJF promo. And then he delivered this new belt that was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then I wouldn't say lulled us, but had us believing that him and Regal were just going to go on a tear together and then just bam, 
betrayed him and it really sold that that segment the whole uh you no know, the the whole devil thing with MJF is really coming to a head and it's been uh interesting ride so far but it's been very good I think the second one I have here is the Sami Zayn Bloodline Roman Reigns feeling Usi promo. Um, for the simple fact that it got some of those guys to break character, and it was one of the most entertaining things I've seen all year. Um, and I am not a huge fan of Sami Zayn, but uh, yeah, he definitely had me on this one. Um, I couldn't stop watching that promo for probably a few days because I just it was great. It was one of the best, uh, best, most entertaining segments of the year. So that's why that's on my list. And then the third one I have is MJF's promo after Double or Nothing. After the whole thing about him no showing uh, segments or uh, uh, autograph signings, the whole what's going to happen with him and Wardlow at Double or Nothing, and then the squash that Wardlow had on him. Then he comes out on Wednesday on Dynamite and just delivers an absolute pipe bomb on Tony Khan on AEW. And MJF is a is a natural. He's uh he's got the gift of gab. He's one of those guys that you believe what he's saying and either want to kill him or you're entertained by him. Uh, but he makes you believe, in my opinion, he really uh, makes you um, have to tune into his promos and. Um, that one for sure was one of those that was like, oh boy, this, this might, uh, lead to, uh, something really negative. And this whole year has been very interesting for AEW as a whole, but, uh, yeah, I think for sure, for me, the winner is the MJF at the double or nothing because you felt it. it to me, it felt real. It felt legitimate. It felt like there was some real shoot heat going on there. And like I said, it made you believe we didn't see him again until all out. And, uh, yeah. It was just one of those promos that just captivated me and, was, and it stuck with me every single day. Uh, maybe not every single day, but it stuck with me for a while after that happened. So that's my wonders. The MJF promo after Double or Nothing uh, in AEW's debut in LA at the Kia Forum. All righty. So um, my candidates, the first one is on the September 12th edition of Raw. It was Kevin Owens, and he was delivering a promo on Theory. Uh, this was prior or after uh, Clash at the Castle, and Theory was going on about all of his moments getting taken from him. And um, Owens comes out and basically delivers one of the best promos um, in a while. He basically told Theory... Uh, I don't think you have what it takes to be the future. You were the chosen one. Um, but, you know, essentially he says Vince isn't here anymore. That's not how it works anymore. You prove me wrong. And just Kevin Owens on the on an open mic with – he doesn't need a script. And he can just make you feel everything he's saying. He's also my second candidate um, as well. On the August 15th, this was setting up. Uh, Crown Jewel was him and Drew McIntyre's promo. And this was the promo where basically Owen set, uh, 
told McIntyre, you know, you McIntyre was talking about how he's going to beat Roman. And he started listing off people he, you know, dream matches for the fans to watch. And he doesn't list Owens. So Owens comes out and um, basically uh, tells everyone he's tired of being overlooked. And he's going to be the, the prize fighter again. And Drew McIntyre goes off and delivers his best promo I've ever seen, no matter what company he's been in. Basically saying, I'm not the chosen one anymore. I got fired and I worked my ass off to get back here. And then, to the surprise of everyone, he used the word wrestler on WWE TV. Um, the first time it was used in God knows how long. And then my third one, from the June 1st edition of AEW Dynamite. You can't leave this off the fucking list. It's MJF fucking destroying anyone in his sight. Um, and for me... So that is my winner. And the reason is I'm not a huge fan of, of AW's promos to me. And I'm not the only one that came up with this. This isn't my sort of analogy, but it sounds like rap battles at every promo because there is no script. So AW uh, promos to me sounds like I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to tear and the, I'm, the other person is going to tear me down. And no one really gets over for the most part. That's just my opinion. But I, everything MJF said in this promo, I agree with. And uh, he must listen to Cornette because he said a lot of things that Cornette would jump out of his fucking seat with. And um, and then just, just recently after Full Gear, he said the, like, hello, fuck you, goodbye, or whatever. That's a Cornette saying. So uh, MJF must listen to Cornette. Anyway, the fire you, fire me, you fucking Mark uh, promo is definitely the best of the year. All right, moving on. Best group, tag team, trio, or faction of the year. James, you have the floor. All right. I don't even need to Con fucking know your candidates. Just tell me. Contestant number one, the bloodline. They have had probably the most dominant year in terms of championships and stuff like that. Number two, FTR. They're just the best tag team in the world at this point. And then number three, the acclaimed. That is my winner. The acclaimed. It's not because they've put on the best matches, but they have gotten over with the crowd so damn much with the dumbest saying, the dumbest lines that you could ever come up with. You would never think, if, if they put that in like a group think tank and said, would this, would this line scissor me, daddy, ask it over? No one would say it would, but it got over and it was organic. And for the longest of times, um, they, they couldn't even put that on a t-shirt. They had to like beg Tony Khan to get a t-shirt out. The t-shirt that I'm, that I'm wearing of them right here is not even on AEW's website. It's through some like bootleg site because you they can't even that this um so I don't know. The, they just their in-ring work has been fascinating. And if you take a look at when they debuted during the pandemic and the, the empty arena era to now, they're probably the most improved tag team. They have the best gimmick. 
and then anything Billy Gunn touches seems to like turn to gold. Um, and I don't know. They just, to me, were the best tag team, not necessarily because of quality of matches, but because the point of, of professional wrestling is to get over with the fans and to entertain. And it's what it's been the most entertaining um, group of the entire year. I oh, and you. they got George South to scissor them at an AML show. So that, <laughs> so yes. Okay. Um, before Cody goes, I thought you were on the way of saying everything Billy Gunn touches turns to gay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, Cody, you, you have the floor now. Um, so I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I misunderstood the assignment. Um, I put best tag team and put three choices and put the winner. The best trios and picked the winner, and the best faction picked the winner. So I didn't really know if we were doing each by themselves or if one was all collective. It wasn't a misunderstanding. You just overachieved. You can just. Uh, oh, well. Um, thank I you. So I guess what I'm going to do is just pick who I picked as the winner of the best tag, the best trio, and the best faction. And I guess we'll just go from there. Oh, I so I picked basically my best faction as the bloodline. I picked my best, uh, and I my three for the faction for the faction was the bloodline, Judgment Day, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. I chose the bloodline over that. Um, the winner of the trios, I had the Death Triangle, the Brawling Brutes, and the Elite, and I picked the Brawling Brutes as my trio. My best tags were the Acclaimed, Usos, and FTR, and I picked FTR. So of those three, FTR. Rolling Brutes in the Bloodline. Um, hard to, I mean, best tag team for sure in the world is FTR, but I mean, overall the best uh, entertainment value for the for legitimate for the legitimacy for entertainment for badassery all that stuff. Probably have to go with the Bloodline. They were dominant this year, like they were last year, but uh, added a new piece to the faction with Sami Zayn, and it made it a little more entertaining. And uh, they. Uh, can be badass they can put on great matches they can prompt performances and uh um it seems like when you think that their time might be running out they kind of had another factor and have solo sakawa now here uh, on the team as well so um whatever the future is in store i don't care because i, I really enjoy what they've done over the last couple of years and it's been very uh, uh to me one of the best factions in uh in wrestling history in my point so i'm gonna go with the bloodline for this one Alrighty. Well, there's only one answer to this question. So the other two are just tag teams that I enjoyed. Maybe not the best, but no one said this had to just be men. So let's, let's invite the women here. Toxic attraction. We can't forget about that. They did where they weren't dominant like they were last year, but Mandy Rose still a year long championship reign and Gigi and uh, JC were still a vital part of NXT and I'm going to choose another NXT tag team, and that is Diamond Mind. Which, if you don't watch NXT, you wouldn't understand. Like, they were losing all last year, and then this year they are tag team champions. Um, very interesting feuds with um, Damon Kemp attacking Roddy and turning on Diamond Mind. Um, and so that turned on um, some very entertaining product towards the middle end of this year. But 
without a doubt, the bloodline is the greatest. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They're the greatest faction of all time. Um, <laughs> They're better than the NWO. I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's every time something you seem like the run is the run should have been over. I guarantee you the run should have been over. And then Sammy, the idea was Sammy wasn't supposed to stick this long, but then it did and it got over and they just continue to reinvent the, the bloodline and to make it better. And when it ends, I have no idea. Um, I don't necessarily think this will end. Um, if you uh, check out later episodes, I will have a, I've already planned this. I'm going to book the bloodline through WrestleMania and how I think Roman Reigns should lose the titles. So stand out for that. But yes, bloodline is the best tag team group faction, whatever you want to call it of the year. Moving on to best female women's, whatever you want to call it, wrestler of the year. James, you have the floor. So I want to preface the next couple, uh, same with the acclaimed uh, this necessarily, they didn't have the most dominant or the best in-ring performance, but I, I based the tag team, the women's and the men based off um, it total overall like package and how over they got with the fans. So here, here are my candidates for women's wrestler of the year. Number one, Bianca Belair. Number two, Britt Baker. And number three, Liv Morgan. And I think the best woman overall this year was Liv Morgan because this was her year. Everyone was shocked when she didn't win the title um, and have her WrestleMania moment. And then for ever since from money in the bank until she lost the title, she was probably the best woman in WWE. Um, and just overall, the fans loved her. She was over. She got more over than I think anyone in quite a while. I think a close second is Britt Baker, but she didn't really add much to what she was already able to do in 2021. She had a dominant 2022, but AEW's women's division, as I've said for the past almost four years now, is so underutilized that Britt Baker is going to be the best in that division for quite quite a while until they utilized everybody in that roster. But Liv Morgan definitely stepped up to the plate when she was called upon and had a pretty good championship run. I know she's still kind of green in the ring, but just the overall year that she had leading up to Money in the Bank and the win in the title and then holding the championship and then the way that she's kind of reinventing her character um, – I just I think Liv Morgan had the best year out of all the women. Cody, my three were Bianca Belair for obvious reasons. Um, for getting in the ring, um, her mic skills were getting a little bit better for sure. Um, and and it's just got this aura about her about uh, just being definitely no longer a one of the best in the division. It's now one of the best women's wrestlers I think of all time. She's going to be in that list for sure. My second one is Mandy Rose. Um, I mean, she's had uh, one hell of a 2022, had a hell of a 2021, and it carried into 2022 and is one of the most prominent features on NXT. Um, I think if and when she does get called up, she'll have that same kind of uh, um, 
presence about her on the main roster, whether or not they bring up toxic attraction as, as a whole, or if they just bring her up, but, um, She's definitely a mainstay in NXT. She's definitely revitalized her career, uh, turned it around, and it's become one of the most uh, uh, talked about women, I think, in all of WWE, not just NXT. So uh, that's why she's number two on my list. And then number three, I have Jamie Hayter. Um, talk about a meteoric rise that this woman has had over the last year. She came back in Pittsburgh, one of the first Dynamites back, um, I believe, from uh, the pandemic, and debuted with Britt Baker. People are like, Okay, what's what's why is she here? This is all right. It's new. It doesn't make sense, but let's go with it. And mm-hmm. since then, man, she's just been uh kind of in that little bit of a shadow of Brit, but has has put on performance at the performance. She can have a match with anybody. I think her match with Tony Storm at Full Gear was very very good, and it shows what the women's division can be in AEW uh, when properly showcased, when properly promoted right. Um, and I think she can put on a really good match with everybody. Um, and for that reason, my winner is Jamie Hayter. Um, like I said, a meteoric rise from not only a year, but six months. Um, organic, homegrown talent from AEW. And also just the fans got behind her every single week. It got better, got bigger, got bigger, got better. And it culminated with, to me, a shocking win at full gear. Did not think that she would win the title. And then uh, I'm glad that they finally dropped the interim crap. And and uh, now she's the true women's champion. So, um yeah, that's for that reason. I'm going with Jamie Hader and all, all these women are very vital and very important in women's wrestling and each have uh, their own um, uh, presence about them. And I, it's not that one is ultimately better than the other. I just went because of the fact that this year, um, Jamie Hader just had to me the best year. Oh gosh, all three. I fell down. Go ahead. <laughs> Cody is fine. He took a bump for us. Uh, that's how we do it here. So my three candidates, Bianca Belair, of course, there is no doubt that she is. I don't think she's Charlotte Flair level yet, but she is there. She, she is a superstar in the making. Um, And I think with her crossover, I mean, she can, she reaches the main, the mainstream crowd. She's going to, I don't know if you guys know this, get her own show on Hulu, her sort of like Kardashian style show, which is going to be interesting because her and Montez don't seem like very interesting people outside of wrestling. They just seem very chill, but um, it's definitely something fun to, to get into. Um, I also have Liv Morgan on the list and I also have Mandy Rose on the list. Um, well, I think by Bianca had a great year. I don't necessarily think it was the best of these three. Um, my winner is Mandy Rose. Liv Morgan had a great year. She was the most over. But to me, I don't look at what the crowd necessarily cares about. I look at the whole package. And James, I know you think her title run was great, but it was fucking shit. Um. From from the 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 sort of build up to oh we're gonna push live we're not gonna give it to her and then we're finally gonna give it to her. She proved why Vince McMahon wouldn't give it to her. Um, it is not a bad thing. It's partially Vince McMahon's fault for only having two women's titles and seven thousand women on the roster. Um, it definitely proves that we need a title similar to what Jade has that in WWE. 
to to prove whether or not someone like a Liv Morgan who has never held a title in her life could get over and and sell um a championship. But let's talk about Mandy Rose because she to me is the best women's wrestler of the year. She's had she reached over a year now in her title reign. She's beaten the likes of Sakamura, which if anyone knows, she's a legend in the women's wrestling game from WCW even farther back in Japan. She's beaten Davenport, Kaylee Ray, now Alba Fire. I don't know. Has anyone ever beaten the same person under two different gimmicks? That's kind of Mandy Rose has. Um, she's beaten Cora Jade. She's beaten Roxanne. She's beaten literally anyone thrown in her way. Um, <clears throat> and she, there. I don't know what it, like what it is. Like you go and you look at women's Twitter's accounts and Instagram accounts, and you see their followers. And I know why it is with Mandy, but she's she's proven that she she can still sell in the ring. She's not the best, but it doesn't matter about all of that. She's an overall draw, and I think she's very marketable. And like Cody said, when um, she gets caught up, it's probably going to be Royal Rumble. Um, I think she loses the title on this Saturday at deadline. Um it's time for her and Braun Breaker to move move themselves up. They are no longer needed in NXT. Um, so uh, I do think Mandy Rose will lose the title, but she definitely has had the best year of any woman this this year. So we're moving on to the men. James, you have the floor. All right. There's a lot of men's wrestlers that I could have had in this, and it's hard to settle it down to three. But if I had to pick, here are my three that were in contention. Number one, Roman Reigns. Obviously, he's been built as this dominant character. And, I mean, he's held the title for over two years now, I think. So, I guess you got to kind of have to put him on this list. Um, number two is John Moxley. This was the year of John Moxley in AEW. Um, when Punk had his mental breakdown, Moxley was called and trusted upon to take the reins, um, not take his vacation like he was supposed to, and um, come back and hold it down, hold the fort. And then number three, I have Seth Rollins, or better known as Seth freaking Rollins. And he's the freaking winner because Seth Rollins is the most – I don't know. He's – he. He's kind of, I guess he's kind of like he had a year where he's kind of been a gatekeeper. He hasn't won a lot this year. He's kind of trying to push theory over. Um, he had that, those feud with, with Cody, but the way that he's been able to take this gimmick that he's had, where I thought, you know, at the beginning, it's like, he's just a poor man's uh, Jay White and just reinvent himself every single week. He's probably, I think Seth Rollins has to be in consideration for the best wrestler of our generation um, um, because just he's so good on the mic. He's good as a face. He's good as a heel. He's good in the ring. There's never been a moment overall and this year where I thought, oh, Seth Rollins isn't going to perform. And, um, yeah, I know he, he hasn't really had – like that big moment overall, the the match with Cody was kind of he kind of was shadowed over the debut of Cody at WrestleMania, and then his match at Hell in a Cell with Cody Rhodes was 
phenomenal. Um, and then even after all of that, you know, just to be able to reinvent himself, even with Cody's injury, and they really couldn't complete that storyline. Um, I think it sets up very well for uh, Seth Rollins to have a big 2023, um, the way that he's he's been able to just kind of be that, that guy that the WWE can call on to carry on big storylines. All righty, and Cody. So uh, trying to think a little bit outside the box and just tried to look at as much as I could with all these different guys. And you could honestly make a top five, top six list here. Um, top my ten. top three, though, were um, Roman Reigns. Like James said, I mean, it's an obvious thing. Um, my second was MJF. From beginning to end, MJF had a interesting kind of a wild ride 2022. Um you know, it started out with him and Punk at Revolution. It ultimately led with him and Wardlow at Double or Nothing. Um, had cut the promo. Uh, you know, was gone for a couple months. Made the the devil made its return at All Out. Won the uh, won the chip, and then um, ultimately <laughs> cashed it in at Full Gear and won the world title. So, uh, what a wild ride! But an interesting ride MJF had. It's meteoric ride. It's going to continue as a stardom in, in professional wrestling, and that's why he's number two on this list. And then number three, Will Ospreay. Um, Will Ospreay had one of the best years for a pro wrestler, I think, in uh, in a while. This guy went from uh, wrestling Okada a couple times in the G1 climax, as well as Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, fought Orange Cassidy in one of a, one of the best matches of the year, I think, in 2022 at Forbidden Door. Um, and just had himself a, a really, really, really good year. Um, to be fighting Kenny Omega at Russell Kingdom 17, January 4th of 23. Um, so he's he's going to be starting off 2023 on a strong foot. So, and I mean, you could have put Cody on this list. I think if he wasn't injured, you could have put him on this list. Seth Rollins could be on this list. Um, John Moxley could be on this list. A lot of people, but my ultimate winner is Roman Reigns. I mean, it was close between him and MJF for sure. But uh, Roman just continues to reinvent reinvent the wheel as far as uh, yeah this bloodline stuff, and then also with him uh, proving that he can pretty much have a match with anybody: Logan Paul, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. It it, it doesn't matter. Um, Roman Reigns is uh, going to go down as one of the best champions in, in any company in any point in time, um, and probably as one of the best all time uh, wrestlers in the world. So uh, uh, yeah, Roman. Continues to prove why he is uh, right now uh, one of the best in the world, if not the best. And, um, yeah, Roman is uh, on my list as number one. All righty. So this is the point of the show where they hate me because I have four candidates. Um, <laughs> How are you going to break the rules? <laughs> I made the rule, you dumb cunt. Um, so Roman Reigns is on the list. Um for obvious reasons, like they all just said, Roman Reigns. Um, it, it's not just the fact that he can have a match with anyone. It's literally the fact that he has mastered something that he struggled with early in his career, which is the art of the promo. Um, and it's not that he what he says is good. It's the facial. Um, it's what he's not saying. It's the facial stuff. It's the. You know, the promo where Jay said, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And he gave that look and everyone knew, you know, oh, Roman's about to beat somebody's ass. Like Roman has perfected the facial um, gestures to where you can take them serious. And we, I knew this was the case with Roman Reigns years ago. Had they just 
turned them and 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 used them in this direction, you know, five years ago. Who knows if Roman Reigns, you know, isn't more liked by a lot of the fans oh back then. Um I do have Seth Rollins on the list. Like James said, he reinvented himself a thousand times. I put Sheamus on my list as a candidate. Um, especially towards the end of this year, Sheamus has had like the weirdest resurgence of a career I've ever seen from going from someone who basically, you know, years ago was in the bar and was a tag team guy. And then he got hurt and we weren't sure if he was going to wrestle again. And then he comes back and he does the single stuff, but he comes back with the brutes as well this year. But then his feud with, with, with Gunther just, he had like a period of about two or three months where he proved to me, to a lot of other people, he deserves a top um, roster spot right now. Um, and then my fourth and my winner, Sami Zayn. Um, from literally starting the year as a comedy gimmick, and from if you think of Sami Zayn and his entire mid or main roster run, he's been a joke for most of it. And then he comes out, he loses to <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, and he sort of weasels his way into the bloodline and becomes the most over person in WWE. Um, so yeah, Sami Zayn to me has done the work, he's put in the work. I've loved Sami Zayn ever since he was in NXT. He was number two to me as my favorite wrestler, right under Dolph Ziggler. And then they sort of just poor booking, lazy booking with him, not using him the way he deserves. He puts on matches every single time he's in the ring. It doesn't matter who he's with. And he's a master on the mic. And I think he's super underutilized and un underappreciated. So Sami Zayn is going to get some appreciation as wrestler of the year. All right. So our last award is match of the year. James, you are on the clock. All right. Again, this was really tough because you expect me to be able to remember 50 some odd weeks of, of wrestling. Um, so I, I had to do some searching last night and figure out what do I think was the best matches of the year. And I come, I came up with these three. We had FTR versus the Young Bucks on the um, four six edition of AEW Dynamite. Um, I think it was for the titles. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure it was for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And I think the reason this match was so big was because the first time the Young Bucks and FTR fought in AEW, there were no fans in the crowd. This was the in the pandemic, and so. It, it kind of just it didn't have the big match feel that it should have had. And ever when they started coming and having crowds again, they were clamoring for FTR and the Young Bucks with the proper crowd to give it the pop. And I watched that match last night, and the crowd was popping for a a dynamite. This was a a match that should have been pay per view only, and they gave it to us on free television. 
and the crowd was really into it. There were, it was so back and forth. You couldn't really tell who was going to win until the end. And it was just two of the greatest tag teams of all time wrestling, especially in the modern generation, just putting on solid wrestling matches, uh, a solid wrestling match. Um, and overall, I think it was one of the best matches of the year, but not the best. Um, the second candidate is Cody Rhodes' last match in AEW against Sammy Guevara at AEW Beach Break and the latter match for the undisputed TNT Championship. I think just the whole run, the, the, um, I said it earlier with Cody's promo that he, he was the best promo of the year. And Cody, this started his, his 2022 run that unfortunately was cut short due to an injury. Um, he, it was, he was on his best run of his career, I think, at this point. And just the, the overall semblance that Cody and Sammy Guevara um, was the first match of AEW television ever, and it was Cody's last match was against Sammy Guevara. Um, and then my third match was Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. And that is actually my winner, and this is why. Because Cody Rhodes shouldn't have had that match. He, he should not have wrestled at all. And the fact that he was even able to come out to the ring and put on a performance alone made that match better than it should have been. But the fact that he put on that much of a classic and that Seth Rollins was was able to play with the injury but not like further the injury, and they put on an, an instant classic. I can't remember if Meltzer gave it a five-star, but I think he did. It's been one of the first five-star matches WWE has had in a long time. And it, and it's my it's the best match of the year. I don't if if you can come up with another match that's better than that. I don't know how. And I was struggling because I thought Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns could have been on this uh, in contention as well. But these other three to me just had a better big fight field than that. So, but overall, Cody and Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, best match of the year. Alrighty, and Cody. There were, as James said, uh, just a plethora of matches that you could have put on this list uh, going from top to bottom. Uh, so much good wrestling throughout this year. Um, I do have Cody versus on here from Hell in a Cell as one of my candidates. Um, like James said, Ms. Mr. Runnels should not have uh, uh, participated in that match to begin with. Uh, but, you know, he toughed it out. Got it out a great performance, hell of a performance, and then put on a hell of a match with Seth Rollins. Um, all it takes is for somebody to be injured going into a match with Seth for Seth not to injure somebody. Um, just kidding. Sorry, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, <clears throat> so um, I, I love the way that they worked with the cage, not working the cage. Sometimes in these gimmick matches, you need to work towards the gimmick, not having the gimmick, 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 gimmick the whole match um they had a match in the ring they used the ring you know they used the cage afterwards and all that stuff um great performance by cody great performance by seth one of the best matches of the year for sure in 2022 my second was osprey versus okada at wrestle kingdom 16 um i mean that's all needs to be said about that match just phenomenal and that's why will osprey was one of my best three men on the list okada should have probably been there too but i mean uh, Will Ospreay, to me, had a better 22 than Okada did. 
as far as uh, going back and forth with the, the AEW promotion um, as well as New Japan. Okada did the same thing, but I just thought uh, them together created, created magic for sure. Uh, one of the best matches for sure on 2022. But my winner is a tag team match. It does not feature FTR, does not feature the Young Bucks, does not feature the Usos. It is from All Out for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Swerve and Keith Lee versus the Acclaim. And the reason why this is number one is because the the crowd behind the Acclaimed in this match was something I hadn't really seen in a while as far as uh, the crowd was so behind the Acclaimed and wanting them to win so badly. And were, that, that, that place would have come unglued had they won it because I think at that point they weren't expecting the Acclaimed to win uh, when they had the rematch at Grand Slam. I think pretty much everybody saw, saw that coming. Uh, for them to win the tag titles. But here, their rise was right there. And um, after this match, it, it only skyrocketed after that. And that's why Tony Khan had to make the rematch at Grand Slam. That's why he had to give them the titles. You got to go with the crowd and got to go with the flow. And and uh, this was the match that put the acclaimed on the map as, as a legitimate household name um, in AEW and in professional wrestling. And the match itself was just phenomenal. Uh, Swerve and, and Lee played with the crowd so well. Um, they had him in the palm of their hands. He claimed almost won it and uh, just created a, a great crowd response and a great overall match. And that's why it's my match of the year. All righty. This is um, another point in the show where they're going to hate me because I have five. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so why limit us to three? What the fuck? Because fuck you. Uh, that's why. Um, no, so first on there is Cody and Seth. And I match that will I did not come up with this, but will forever go down in history to me. I will always refer to it as the purple titty match. Um, <laughs> All right. um so that is on here, set Cody and Seth at Helena Cell. They're gonna laugh at this one. Uh at Backlash, we had a banger of a match between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Banger, banger of a match. It was an I quit match. It was Ron or excuse me, Charlotte's last match of the of the year. We have not seen her since. Um, but it was Ronda Rousey's best match ever in her career, and uh, yeah, it deserves to be recognized. Um, I have Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel as a candidate. I have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. At SummerSlam as a candidate. But the ultimate winner, the best match of the year, happened at Clash of the Castle. Gunther versus Sheamus. And why is this the best match? Because at the very end of it, it was just the very essence of what this podcast loves. Two big, sweaty men slapping meat and it was great it was great i was hooked you the end. For that. <laughs> yeah. it uh it's it's what i like about wrestling i don't need the flips i don't need the 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 twelve thousand different moves and the list of a thousand moves i don't need any of that i just need two men in the ring beating the shit out of each other and this made me happy um, it's the best match of the night. Roman and Brock was a close second. 
because that match, I don't care. I want that. I, I could see Brock and Roman fight 18,000 more times. I could, I could see it. it. It doesn't get old to me. Um, but this one was their best match ever was a close second. Um, the tractor definitely added to it. Um, but definitely Seamus versus Gunther. So we're going to end this. We're done with 2022. We're going to go towards 2023. And James, I want you to give me three women to watch in 2023. Go ahead. 2023, WWE is going to have a few women come back. And I think AEW will have a few women come back. And they're all going to make big impacts, I think, in the company. So the first woman I think is going to that you need to pay attention for in 2023 is the return of Charlotte Flair. When she comes back, I think she's ultimately going to put her place and you're going to probably have her fight Ronda Rousey again. And they're going to have, um, or Bianca Belair. There you go. Okay. Um, that might be what set up for WrestleMania. Um, and so when Charlotte makes her comeback, I think the pop is going to be, pretty good because i think with wwe we have the the fans there love certain characters love certain superstars but when they get shoved down their throat they kind of get bored with them and then when they have their little sabbatical and come back um you they get the pop that they deserve and the respect that they deserve you saw it with becky lynch this year um but yeah charlotte flair is going to have a big comeback for aew i think chris statlander is a, a woman that you need to pay attention to. If she can stay healthy in 2022, I think she's going to be someone that get, ends up with a title opportunity. Um, I think that biggest, the biggest thing for her is, is that leg healthy? Can she rehab it and come back and be able to put on the matches with the style that she's known for and keep that leg a hundred percent healthy. And this one might be the most controversial of them all. And I don't know which company this, this lady will return, but I think she's going to make her return. And it's the boss, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Vernado. When she makes her comeback, wherever she's at, wherever she comes, I'm assuming it's WWE. When she makes her comeback that the crowd is going to lose it. And I think she's going to have the best run of her entire wwe main roster career because she does she no longer has to beg vince mcmahon for a spot triple h is in control now and she was triple h adored charlotte adored sasha and becky and bailey and those were his women his four horse women and i think sasha banks is going to get the push that she's been deserving of the past couple years so those are my three women to look out for El Cordel. Cordel. I have got um, one of them that James said, Chris Statlander is one to watch in 2023. Coming off that uh, other knee injury, um, kind of like with Darius Martin, just been hit, struck, struck with bad luck and being injured and whatnot, but is a very, very good performer. She had a new gimmick going on a little bit with the darker side of her, I think we kind of should expect that a little bit more. I think that'd be fantastic. She's a great performer. Um, and should be uh, coming back in 23, hopefully healthier, better, stronger, faster, and ready to go and ready to rock and roll. And 
if not give Jada a shot for the DBS title, uh, for Jamie Hayter as a shot for the women's title. I think she can give both a good match. It would be cool to see her win the TBS title um, or win the world title uh, as long as she's ready for it. Um, I think uh, her and Hayter could put on a really good performance. Another person I have is Soraya. And the only reason why I say that is because with her now coming back, she's she's very green. Uh, I wouldn't say maybe green, but very rusty. She's got to shake that off, build some more muscle, uh, get more comfortable in the ring again. But I think she can put on some really good performances, hopefully elevate this women's division that it needs to be that it can be, that we've seen glimpses of, that if uh, Tony Khan makes another show just for the women or just features the women more, uh, can prove that this is one of the best women's rosters in the world um, when given the chance. Um, and my third is Shotzi. Um, I think she's starting to get the crowd behind her a little bit more. I think that she is somebody to watch. She's uh, got an interesting and unique look. Crowd likes that. Um I think she can be marketable in, in some ways for sure. I think she's uh, she's a badass character. I think the crowd's starting to get behind her a little bit, and I think that that will slowly start her rise uh, to maybe a women's title shot, maybe a women's championship. It just depends and kind of sees how that goes. But um, ultimately, I think that her rise is slowly starting, but I think the crowd's going to start getting behind her. Uh, maybe similar to like uh, uh, Jamie Hayter and AEW, just kind of a slowly getting the crowd behind her and uh, – Probably something pretty pretty big for her, whether it's a money to bank or whether it's something else. I think uh, Shotzi might be somebody to really look at next year. Yeah, as long as she's not in the ring with Ronda, she'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, y- y'all are gonna get tired of this, but I have four. Uh, <laughs> um, I just couldn't choose on my third one, so I just put both that I was thinking. Well, of. I had a fourth too. Can I mention? No, you cannot, because I make the rules. <laughs> it's Thunder Rosa. Fuck her. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so number one is Kiana James. Um. She will make a wonderful, wonderful uh t- champion in NXT. She is on the rise. Um. I think she wins the whatever the fuck they're calling the the cage match thing that they're doing at Deadline. I think she's going to end up winning that. The little Iron Man challenge. Um, uh, she was, uh, I saw her live at Raw here in Charlotte. She was on main event. So she, she's already making headway, you know, because you only wrestle on main event if they're going to push you on NXT. Um, speaking of coming back from injuries, 2022 was supposed to be the year of Thakita, but uh, Nikita Lyons got hurt. And 2023 will be her year. I think uh, if she can stay healthy, the fans are still behind her. Um, <clears throat> if only NXT could just stop with the with tagging random women together for this women's tag team division, that would be great because Nikita mm-hmm. Lyons needs to be by herself. Um, so they do that too? I thought that was just an AEW problem. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, third on the list was Nikita's randomly tagged partner, also coming back from an injury, and that's Zoe Stark. She's going to be the champion at some point. Um, she's going to be a main roster champion at some point. Um, she doesn't have the look to me, but I, I think you can overlook that. She's very good in the ring. And um, I have to include my favorite of the group here, 
my favorite woman in the NXT roster, Fallon Henley, just just because she she she's hot as shit. That's why. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then, but, but seriously, Fallon Henley's going. She's in a feud with Kiana James now, and I th- I see it being a long term feud. Um, and uh, that's gonna call as Kiana gets better and grows, Fallon's gonna grow with her. Um, a lot of NXT down there, but those are women that I think we should look into and and watch for. James, who are three men that we should watch out for? First man you should look for in 2023 is Sami Zayn. This is going to be, if you think 2022 was a year where Sami Zayn kind of came from the bottom and came to the top, I think 2023 is going to be a better year for Sami Zayn than 2022. <laughs> and, I, and I see my the co-host here, Cody, is in disgust. But uh, Sami Zayn, he is pretty entertaining, and I can't wait for that turn on the bloodline. That's going to be the greatest turn since Seth Rollins hit Roman Reigns with that chair. And here's the reason why I can't wait for the turn is because Roman Reigns is stale as shit. I hate Roman Reigns. He's he's a good wrestler. He has had a dominant career, but he's stale and boring. And I will never acknowledge the no, no, tribal it's, chief. It's because you the twos and we the ones. And um, anyway, so yeah, Sami Zayn, when he eventually turns on Roman Reigns, it's going to be the greatest night in WWE history. Um, the second guy you should look for is probably going to be the guy that takes the title from Roman Reigns, and that's Cody Rhodes. Um, the Rock. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, when Cody Rhodes comes back, so imagine his pop for his debut, his re- return to his his former company, um, and then multiply that by about three when he makes his debut. I think the, the crowd is really anticipating Cody Rhodes. He had a very good 2022 up until his injury, and 2023 for no reason is going to be much better, even better than what he had in 2022. But I think the guy that you need to look at for the most – is the guy who has the entire year of 2023 to build his stock for the bidding war of 2024. And that is MJF. He is going to go on an absolute rampage. No pun intended in 2023. His rise to get the title was fantastic. And we've seen glimpses of what he's going to do with the title turning on regal and things like that i just can't wait for 20 i think i think AEW is going to have their best year in 2023 because mjf is champion and eventually you'll be able to break away with ring of honor having their own show and so you don't have to focus so much on all the ring of honor stuff on AEW. but anyway mjf he he actually draws fans and um Yes, so I can't wait for 2023 and MJF to dominate. And uh, yes, it's going to be a good year for MJF in 2023. Cody? Uh, real talk, uh, what's the over-under that MJF will appear on uh, AW Rampage in 2023? Three. Yeah, he, yeah. Might, he might show up on like one or two. Yeah, I'm going to say three. No, Over-under uh, three. And I'm gonna take the under. Um, <laughs> any hoosers. So, 
my I broke the rule. I'm going four. I'm sorry. Um, Cody, I think it's obvious uh, when he does return, he's going to be pushed to the moon, whether it's winning both belts or a belt. Uh, he will definitely be a prominent factor in WWE going forward. Um, the next three are all AEW, but they all have a different reason why. Malachi Black is, for me, on this list. I want to see the resurgence with him in the House of Black. I hope it's better than the initial run. I, I think it will be. Um, I would like to see what will happen with this group, uh, spe specifically Malachi Black. I think it would be cool if they all held titles um, at one point. Uh, whether the uh, they all hold the trios or uh, Buddy and uh, Brody win the tag belts and Malachi holds the TNT or world title. We'll see. But um, hopefully it, it, it's a resurgence for Malachi after a subpar 2022. My next is Jungle Boy. Now that him breaking away from Luchasaurus, let's see where it goes from here. Um, I think that he could definitely be a TNT champion. I think that he, he's got the crowd behind him. I think it just uh, he's got to just break away from the Christian cage and lose source saying, and I know eventually they're going to have him and Christian to, to pay off because Christian's hurt, but they got to do something more homegrown, and they're definitely pushing more of the homegrown talent here in AEW now, and I think that Jungle Boy is exactly that. I think that he's going to have a great 2023. And my last one is Swerve Strickland. I think that this guy is going to be one of the best heels, not only in AEW, but in professional wrestling next year. I think that this guy has got the talent in the ring, on the mic. He's got the charisma. He's got the – to me, he's got the total package. And uh, as my wife looks at me in disgust and says that that is wrong, I think that that is right. <laughs> Tell her. I really enjoy Swerve's work. Um, Tell her you're right. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, I just think he's got the whole package, man. I think he can really, really be one of the best heels in wrestling. And I just think that wherever it goes, I mean, obviously, maybe not a world title right now because NJF's a heel. So that's not really going to work. But um, it could. I don't know. But I think that he is just going to elevate himself, elevate his brand, elevate AEW a little bit with his work. And I'm interested to see where it goes. Like I said, maybe TNT champion, um, something like that. And if there's a face champion in 23, maybe he'll compete for that and just really put over the, the baby face and, and uh, show how good his heel work is. So, yeah. Swerve's house. All right. So, um, that's right. <laughs> I, I followed the rules this time. Uh, <laughs> Finally. So, uh, the first one you need to watch out for is Braun Breaker main roster run. I think he loses the title this Saturday at deadline. And we won't see him again until the Royal Rumble where he loses. But uh I think it's he, I think he has a dominant performance in the Royal Rumble, sets up some feud for Mania. Um and I think he just dominates his way through the mid card. And eventually, in my opinion, if it's not Cody, Braun Breaker has to be the one to beat Braun Breaker or beat. Uh... <laughs> wow. Excuse me. I'm Braun. No, I'm Braun. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Braun Breaker has to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. Um, it just makes the most sense. You could, you know, move arrows with with that, and then Braun Breaker can beat him on himself again. Um, whenever Braun in Breaker versus Braun Strowman, Braun Braun, <laughs> yeah, Braun Braun. But uh, the second, well, Braun. I guess technically I have four because I have a tag team on here. Um, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Um, is a tag team that I love on NXT. Um, Brooks Jensen is the son of Bull Buchanan, if you know anything about him. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're great. They're partnered with Fallon Henley. Their little Yellowstone gimmick is, is perfect. I love it. Um, and then the guy you have to watch out for, one of Triple H's favorite toys, Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens goes into WrestleMania, wins Money in the Bank. Don't forget, Money in the Bank will probably be at WrestleMania this year. I think Kevin Owens wins Money in the Bank, and I think he has a little surprise waiting um, for for Roman Reigns. Um, but you have to you have to listen to my episode of booking the Bloodline Destruction which will be coming out here soon as to what I think happens with Kevin Owens. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts from you two? Cody, I'll let you go first. I think that maybe it's me. I don't know. I just 2022 was a weird year for wrestling. AEW did not have the greatest year in the world. Um, some, some controversies going on there, but Hey, it's all part of the growth, right? Uh, TNA somehow still alive after 20 years, so they can do it. Anybody can do it. Um, and Dixie Carter. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and um, I think this is just me. Like I said, maybe, I think overall, it, it, while it was somewhat of a fun year for wrestling, I just felt like it was a little down. I don't know. That, that may be just me. I don't know what it is about that. It just felt like I had a little bit of a lull. Um, but I expect it to be very, very good in 23, maybe because some of the injuries we had, it just uh, for a little bit of a lull for me, but I think that uh, 23 should be a lot more fun. I think with some of the characters that are going to be coming back, it'll be a lot more creative and more enjoying, but I think overall it's going to be a uh, fun 2023, and uh, yeah, excited to see what's, uh, what's in store for both, uh, not only WWE and AEW, but every wrestling promotion um, next year. James, any final words from you? Yeah, so I think I kind of agree with Cody. 2022 kind of was like it started really weird. Cody left AEW, and I think that situation there made it like left AEW like scrambling to figure out like what the hell am we, what the hell are we going to do? Um, and then Punk it, and his drama and uh, oh, Kenny Omega's injuries from the end of 2021, and a lot of the big pieces for AEW. Um, kind of are now starting to come back into play. Um, I think it's going to be a better year for AEW in 2023. I just pray to God that eventually they come back to North Carolina because I will post on every single one of their posts until they come back to North Carolina. Um, Amen. And for, and for, <laughs> and for WWE, maybe, I think maybe have a... Omega's friend left and that's why they haven't come back. Oh man, that might be. Um, 
Um, but anyway, I think WWE is going to have a good year too. Uh, it's going to be the first full year with Triple H behind the behind the helm. So behind the, uh, the behind the Helmsley. Uh, sorry, pun on words. Um, <laughs> um and uh, and I, I, I'm interested to see how what he does leading up to WrestleMania and then afterwards. Um, and I think we'll see the, the introduction of ROH on TV every week, separate from AEW. Um, and, uh, if y'all can kind of tell from my background, there will be a debut. Motherfucker. This is an audio only podcast. They can't see your background. My bad. I thought this was going to be on video, but anyway, my background has the logo of an upcoming podcast that I will be coming out with in 2023 called the junkyard hosted by junkyard Jimmy. Um, and so (laughs) that will be my 1700th attempt to make a podcast that is stable enough. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I think 2023 is going to be a good year for, for wrestling. Um, interested to see what, what goes on with the Royal rumble. And uh, I can tell you're getting agitated with me. <laughs> I said final so, words on final diatribe. And so, um, yeah, go ahead and you can end the show, sir. All right. So while I have you here, since I know you guys won't listen to uh, episode 30, I just want you guys to acknowledge the fact that I was right. I will not acknowledge the Chiro chief. No, 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 no. Acknowledge me. I need to take you guys on a field trip real quick. Back to 2019, when I told you that in less than four years, Cody Rhodes would leave the company. Check mark for me. Um, so I just wanted to. Like I would like a cookie. Um, right, so, but no, I'm the insane one, but I was right. Anyway, um, thank you guys for listening to the Slapping Meat Wrestling podcast, where we like meat. No, I'm kidding. Um, Uh, This is our best of 2022. I'll have two more episodes for you guys for this year. That's my preview show of uh, deadline and my review show of deadline. And then I won't post again till Royal Rumble because we got nine weeks of boredom in WWE before our next pay-per-view. So uh, we will see you then and uh, have a great Christmas, New Year's, and we will see you in 2020. Scissor me. Fuck you.